Welcome to He's Gone, But the Money's Not, the podcast that's all about empowering women and families to take control of their finances. I'm Nicole Roberts, a financial advisor with over a decade of experience. In this podcast, we explore the intersection of two important aspects of our lives, death and money. Each episode, we either talk through financial principles or have conversations with widows who bravely share their stories and wisdom. Why? Because statistically, most women will find themselves in a position where they become the sole financial decision maker in their family. It's time to build financial literacy and confidence. So whether you're a widow, someone preparing for the future, or simply curious about the intersection of finances and life's uncertainties, you're in the right place. Let's dive into today's episode of He's Gone, But the Money's Not. Welcome to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. My name is Nicole. I am your host, and I have an update. My co-host Summer is no longer going to be on the podcast. And while we're super sad about that, we're also very excited for her new opportunity. She took another job. Her husband was accepted to medical school in New York City, and they moved there. And she decided to take a job with a financial firm on Wall Street. I honestly wish I had done something like that when I was younger and before I had a family and you know lived in New York City and had lots of different experiences with several different firms. So we're very excited for her and wish her the very best. You might still hear her voice on the podcast here and there. We recorded ahead several episodes so I could go on maternity leave. And we still have a few of those to play for you. Uh, so we wish her the best. And going forward, we'll see what... You know, there might be some changes here on the podcast. I've been on maternity leave and I feel very lucky that I had time off. I know a lot of women don't get a lot of time off and or can't take the time off because they need to work for the money. Um, but I'm also very excited to be back at work. It's hard every day, all day, sitting with a baby, feeding him and changing his diaper. And that's all, your whole life. So as we as I sat there, I thought a lot about the podcast and what it'll look like going forward. And also a question I've gotten a few times of why are you doing a podcast or why are you a financial advisor for widows, especially when you are not a widow? And a big reason is that I just happen to work with a lot of widows because I am a female financial advisor. So a lot of women come to me wanting to work with another woman. And I've been very honored to be a partner to them in their financial journey because they lost their financial partner. And that can be very difficult and why it's not quite the same because nobody else has skin in the game with you uh, anymore. It's still super helpful to have someone to run ideas past and talk through your financial decisions and to watch all these women recreate their life and rebuild and, and decide what their goals going forward are. I've been very honored to be a part of that. And I've really enjoyed working with many of these women. And I see a great need for, for additional financial education. And another big thing is this podcast should probably be a podcast for all women because 70% of women will be the sole financial decision maker in their household at some point because of death or divorce or illness or never getting married. And yet a lot of women are not confident that they can handle the finances in the same way as their spouse did. Or a lot of studies show that women are not confident in investing and being more creative in tax planning. And so I want to help create confidence for women before and after they lose their spouse or after what other life event. 
And so I hope that as you listen to this podcast, you'll think of the women in your life and share it with them and help them to become more educated and more confident. We don't just hope to, for education, but also to inspire women to be more confident and taking control of their finances and being more involved. Today, I wanted to talk about something that I often hear um, from people that budgeting does not work for them because they're always not enough money to go around or things always come up or that an emergency fund doesn't work for them either. They can't keep an emergency fund because it's always going to something. And emergency fund is often in a financial plan like, hey, you need to have this emergency fund and then you can move on to other financial goals. And so a lot of people feel discouraged that they can never get past the emergency fund portion because it's always going to something. And as I look at these people's budgets or their finances, the big thing I see is they're not properly planning for annual expenses. A lot of people, when they're budgeting, they just say, oh, I need to budget for my usual monthly things. And that uses up every dollar. And so then when anything else comes up, then they it blows everything up. And a lot of this stuff can be planned for, and it could take some time to rearrange your finances to account for this or um, to rearrange even your thinking on how this works. So there's a lot of things that happen annually. For example, car registration or my life insurance, it's cheaper for me to pay once a year instead of monthly. And so that comes out annually. Or memberships, Amazon Prime is an example of that. Or uh, tax filing. I pay my CPA once a year and I really value her services, but it can be quite surprising to pay your taxes and then also need to pay um, a, a bill to your CPA as well. And I, because I'm a business owner, it's a little bit more expensive. Another big thing that people don't plan for is maintenance. And maintenance, especially like on your car, your car drives down the road very fast and there's a lot of wear and tear and you know there's going to be maintenance. It should not be an unexpected expense. You can actually go online and look up your car model and year and see what the average annual expenses might be for maintenance. And then you can budget it. So let's say it's $2,000 a year. You divide that by 12 and then that's how much money you put aside for car maintenance every month. Home maintenance is another one. If you're a homeowner, it, you need to keep up your home and keep it maintained and you need to plan for that expense. Uh, a good rule of thumb is 1% of your home value. So if your home is $400,000, 1% will be $4,000. Now, if your home is older or you know that things are going to be coming up, like the roof needs to be replaced or the furnace, maybe you want to save a little bit more than 1%. Another rule of thumb for home maintenance is $1 for every square foot. But I don't like that one as much because it doesn't keep up with inflation. We know inflation has gone up a lot recently. And so if you're doing it by square footage, then you, you haven't gotten that inflation adjustment, whereas your home value has gone up. There's some fun things that you could be saving for, like traveling a trip or uh, Christmas and gifts. A big one for our family is we have our monthly like entertainment budget, but we also have an annual one. We just went to the zoo with my two-year-old two and he had so much fun and he could not stop talking about it. And like, we'll read a book and it will have animals in it. And he'll be like, we saw this at the zoo. And it's been a month later. And we want to be able to do things like that. And also we are snowboarder family. And so we like to be able to save up and buy passes or replace our equipment. And so 
I have an annual entertainment budget that we save for monthly as well. So then when we want to do those extra fun things, we have the money for it. And there's no like, oh, well, we can't do that because there's not room in the budget this month or, oh, things are too tight. So this is called sinking funds, where you save up annually into a fund and then the money is there for you when you need it. So I create a bunch of different sinking funds. Ones we mentioned like gifts and travel, entertainment. We have a home maintenance, car maintenance. I also have a charitable one because, you know, a lot of they'll do like a charitable drive or that Christmas time. There's a lot of charitable stuff going on and I want to feel free to give. And so I created a charitable sinking fund as well. Uh, Pets Medical is a big one. We have two little pugs and well, one of them's kind of fat for a pug. Well, he's not fat. He's big for a pug and uh, they get into a lot of trouble. Uh, One of them broke some teeth chewing on toys. Actually, it's my bad because apparently I was giving them too hard of chew toys. They should be kind of softer. And that was surprisingly expensive to get his teeth pulled and cleaned. And then he's also eaten chocolate on several occasions because he can sniff that chocolate out. He loves chocolate. And we've had to go and get him to throw up at the vet. And that's surprisingly expensive. And so are all of their shots. And we could do pet insurance, but I think I calculated that it was quite expensive for pet insurance and I could just save the money monthly and it'd probably be less for us. Although they were younger, maybe I should reevaluate it as they've gotten older and I hear pet insurance has gotten a little better. But it's really nice, again, that we can take care of them and their needs without having to stress that our dog just costs us a ton. Well, he just costs us a ton of money, but the money is set aside for them medical as well, you can use your health savings account as a sinking fund for medical. So when a big event comes up, you already have the money set aside. You can go back and listen to our podcast episode on health savings accounts to see some different ways to use your health savings account. I actually am using my HSA for a retirement savings account to save for retirement medical because I decided that was best for us for tax savings. And we are then I so then I set aside a medical sinking fund outside of the HSA. But I guess my HSA is a backup to that as well. So the question is, where should you be saving your sinking funds? Well, I had one woman who her um, system was to have a different fund for every sinking fund. So she had one for like bills that would come out. Her home was paid off. And so a lot of people are paying for their home insurance and their property tax in their mortgage payment is going into their escrow account. But once your home is paid off, you will need to pay those annually. So she had her own escrow account set up. Plus she added like her life insurance money to that. And then she had a gifts account set up and one for travel, one for maintenance. And there was another like tax one. And so you can have them all named differently and one for everything. I actually have about two or three set up because I like to keep it a little bit more simple. And it's just, hey, I this is how much I calculated I need for annual expenses. And I put that amount in monthly and it goes automatically. When we get our monthly income, it's like another bill and it automatically transfers out of our checking account and to our savings account for sinking funds. And so that money is already set aside. And it's such a relief to just set things up on auto and not have to worry about... Um, making that decision every month of, oh, well, should we save this or should we spend it? It's a it's a bill just like our mortgage. 
and I use a high yield savings account. So nowadays, interest rates have gone up as of this recording. There's a lot of high yield savings accounts paying between four and four and a half percent. I've even seen some as high as five percent. And you just want to check what their minimums are or how often you can transfer money back and forth. So typically, if it's not part of your monthly expenses or not money you need within the month, you should be putting it into a high yield savings account to get more interest and keep up with inflation. And especially on these sinking funds where you're not using them right away, um, let it build a little bit of interest there. Like home maintenance, especially if you're putting away your home maintenance fund and then in, by the time you actually need it in three or four years, the cost of a new dishwasher or a new AC could have gone up. So it's good to help keep it keep up with inflation. You might take some time to have to redo your budget. It might take time to be able to start building up those sinking funds or fit them into your monthly expenses to add a monthly sinking funds. But that will help you have a more reasonable and more sustainable budget in the long run. And I hate to use the word budget because we did an episode on how not to budget, but a new a way to structure how your money is spent and where it goes. And especially if the money gets transferred out of your checking and into a savings account, most people are less likely to spend if it's not in their checking account. You have cash set aside and you're not using like a credit card or digging into your emergency fund for these regular annual expenses that you know will be coming up. And we're getting towards the end of the year and Christmas is coming up. And a lot of people have a lot of stress as they have to save for Christmas or really they spend at Christmas time and then they have a big bill in January. And it's so much relief to have the money set aside and know like, hey, this is how much I can spend for Christmas and not have to be putting that money on a credit card or cutting back on your Christmas budget because money's not there. And so sinking funds can be really freeing and they can be fun such as you're saving maybe for a goal like a trip or a car or something. I guess that's another good point. I have a lot of people I see do this and another type of sinking fund is to save for a car, like especially if your car is paid off, you still make a car payment into a fund to pay for your next car. Another big question I get on sinking funds is should I invest it? Um, I would go first to the high yield savings account. But if you do want to earn some additional rate of return, like you might get from investing, on average, stocks have performed between 8 and 9%. There is risk there, though. With the high yield savings account, it's pretty stable. You're not going to lose anything. And so the money will be there when you need it. With an investment, the money may not be there when you need it. If the markets are down and you need to take the money out, you're selling at a loss. And so you should only invest it if you can be really flexible on your timing. Let's say you want to buy a car and you're, you're reasonable, you're willing to say, well, when the market's up, I'll buy a car. And so you don't have to sell when the market is down. You can wait until the market goes back up. But other things like home maintenance, that happens when it happens and you can't really control it. So I'd be careful about investing your sinking funds unless you can be really flexible on the timing of when you need it. Um, but it is an option to invest in like a brokerage account. I hope this was helpful for some people who are feeling like budgeting in their emergency fund is not really working for them and that you'll consider your sinking funds. Um, one other group of people I really just want to mention is self-employed individuals who do not have taxes taking out of their paycheck. I see this happen all the time. Tax time comes and as a business owner, they have a huge tax bill that they have to come up with and they don't have the money. So they put it on a credit card or they 
take out a loan to pay it. And now they're paying off this loan all year round. And then the cycle just repeats every year of taxes become a super stressful time of year and a super stressful thing. And they become to really hate paying taxes. Well, don't we all, but extra hate when you have to come up with thousands of dollars come April that you don't have. And so you should have a taxes sinking fund where you put money into it every month and that you should have come out of your paycheck. And then it's there for you at tax time. This also teaches you not to be an overspender because a lot of people are, if you're not accounting for that taxes need to come out, you're spending a lot every month because you're spending that tax money. And then you're not learning to actually live in your real budget of your after-tax dollars because taxes are going to come out no matter what. So for business owners, I encourage you to have a tax sinking fund as well. All right, that's sinking funds. And we really hope that that helps you in your budgeting to better create a budget that's more reasonable for you and more easier, easy to live inside of. Or if you're not into budgeting, like I'm not a spending plan and or an automated savings. I love that I can set up my automated amount going into my sinking fund every month. It just makes me happy to see that money moving and that sinking fund building. Of course, it gets used a lot because that's the purpose of my sinking funds. And then my emergency fund can stay built up in there for real emergencies like um, losing a job or a big illness or you know, the home maintenance stuff that really can't be planned or is just when it rains, it pours kind of day. It's just a stress relief. So I hope that that helps somebody and please share this podcast with someone you think that it would help. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of He's Gone, But the Money's Not. If you'd like to explore more about the podcast or discover additional resources related to financial planning, please visit our website at rockhousefinancial.com. And remember, your financial journey is unique, but you don't have to navigate it alone. Feel free to reach out to us for financial planning services tailored to your specific needs. Once again, thank you for being part of our community. We look forward to having you back for more inspiring stories and practical financial wisdom on He's Gone, But the Money's Not. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any state or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.